0: Hi there. So, listen, if you're still selling on Etsy and you're feeling kind of uncomfortable about it, maybe even a little bit grumpy about it, I want you to listen to this week's episode of the podcast. It's going to help you streamline what you're doing so that you feel like you're not working on two businesses, you're just working on one. It's going to help you change your strategies, your Etsy strategy, so that it is much more aligned with your strategy on your e commerce website. But more importantly, it's going to help you flip your thinking about your relationship with Etsy so that you can actually feel better and be more effective. So listen up right here. Welcome to the Roadmap to 50K on Shopify. Each week, we'll take you behind the scenes of real stores where you're going to learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So buckle up. Welcome your host and Shopify expert, Susan Bradley. Hey guys, welcome back. I have to tell you, I am super excited to share our guest with you today because this is someone who I think you're really going to love. Anyone who is selling on Etsy or who has sold on Etsy and also has an e-commerce store is really going to benefit from this, this episode for sure. A couple of weeks ago, I was walking on the beach listening to a podcast, and it was Lauren Keplinger. Lauren Keplinger, sorry, Lauren, I'm just struggling. We know I'm struggling with everything today. We have that combo. (laughs) uh, She's an Etsy expert, and she just, the things that she was saying just lit me up because I thought, oh gosh, so much of what she is talking about for her audience of Etsy sellers is also really powerful information and things that we often talk about in e-commerce. And really important, I think, for you all to hear this, because I I believe it's going to change the way you think about your business. And so I'm going to stop talking for a minute. I'm going to let Lauren introduce herself and tell you a little bit about what she does. And then we're going to jump in and talk about how you can really change the way you're thinking about your business. If you're an Etsy seller and an e-commerce seller, and what you can do to really ramp up your marketing, your whole picture, without having to think about it like two different businesses. So Lauren, welcome. Thank you so much for putting up with all my chaos before we got going. You're, you're a hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me.
1: I'm excited to be here
0: will you tell everybody about your business and cuz you you're like me you are uh, you really do you walk the walk so you have a Etsy shop very successful and you teach other Etsy merchants how to become successful and profitable
1: yeah so i started on Etsy in 2012 and i still have that same shop in the same niche of products i make monogrammed baby gifts and that is funky monkey children on Etsy then I kind of went through a whole journey of growing that business and really making it what I knew that it could be. So I started blogging and then podcasting and coaching people in 2018 with LaurenKeplinger.com and my podcast, as you mentioned, is Crickets to Ching. So that's kind of been the really short version.
0: <laughs> but what I loved when I was listening to your podcast, it was one of the titles that came up as suggested, and it was one of the titles of the podcast that got me thinking, oh, I'm going to listen to this. But what I love is so much of what you talk about on the podcast is similar to what I talk about, like knowing your numbers, how you cannot, can't hide from that, how you have to understand where the profit is in your business and what it's costing you. You talked about how you manage customer service and those expectations of how quickly that you would (laughs) respond to them you talked about branding, which is something I don't hear. You know, we have so many members that are Etsy sellers and e-commerce store owners. and I don't hear people talk about branding on Etsy. I don't hear them talk about influencers on Etsy. And I was hearing all of this from you know, building community. And I thought, oh, I got to talk to her because this is really important. And so what is your philosophy? Like when we talk about our businesses and I know you help a lot of people who also have e-commerce stores. What, is, what are you thinking when you're uh, talking about these things, how they can go deeper with both their Etsy and their e-commerce stores using some of these strategies?
1: Yeah, I think it's really important to look at it as a business first and foremost. And like you are the business owner and you might sell on different platforms. But the business is independent of those platforms. So, like one of the things that I tell people when I'm working with them is like I never say, if people ask me, what do you do? I never say, I have an Etsy shop. That's not my answer. Like, I don't have an Etsy shop, I sell on Etsy. And I mean, it's semantics, but it's a really important mental designation, I think, to say, like, I am not an Etsy shop owner. I'm not identifying myself in line with Etsy. I utilize that platform to build, you know, recognition and proof of concept and revenue and all of that for my business with the platform. But my business is my business. And I I think just moving into having... Because I see a lot of people come to me who start sort of accidentally, like they're accidental business owners. So they're crafters or they've created this one product and they give it to family members or they sell it locally or whatever. And then they set up a business online or they set up an Etsy shop, but they don't really have the mentality that they are a small business owner selling online. They will very much be sort of limiting themselves mentally of like, I have an Etsy shop. And so I tell people like, your goal is if somebody says, if somebody buys your product and they give it to a family member or friend or whatever as a gift, and somebody says, oh my gosh, I love that item. Where did you get that? You don't want them to say, I bought it on Etsy. You want them to say, I bought it from Funky Monkey Children, like whether they bought it on Etsy or your own website or whatever. So I think it's a really important mental step for you to kind of like, I don't want to say distance yourself from the platform because I love Etsy. Like I'm hundred percent a fan of Etsy, but I don't have any kind of like loyalty, I guess, to Etsy. If, you know, people get really like ingrained and they get really, and then, and then like, if Etsy makes a change, they're like personally offended by it. And I'm like, this is just a platform. It is a platform through which I sell my products. If all of a sudden everything, you know, fell apart with Etsy, then I would move to a different platform. I think Etsy is the best platform right now for handmade small business owners in like sort of a, you know, personalized or customized or whatever, this niche of products, digital downloads, all of those kinds of things. I think it's a fantastic platform. But like, I'm not married to that platform for my sole purpose of running a business. I have a business and that is a platform on which I sell.
0: Okay, that was worth the cost of coming out right there. <laughs> That's my TED talk. So <laughs> because as you were talking, my mind is just going that, oh yeah, like I see that all the time when Etsy makes a change. People are almost personally offended by it. And, and so it's like, it's uh-huh. a way to emotionally distance yourself from the platform.
1: Like what I always say is Etsy is making business decisions for their business. They're a publicly traded company and they're making business decisions to increase their revenue for shareholders. You need to make business decisions for your business. So whether that is doing the things that they ask, like offering free shipping, which is a whole different conversation, but that's kind of like widespread e-commerce thing. It's not just Etsy, you know, but if it's, whether it's like complying with the things that they are recommending or not, you have to make that decision, which a large part of that is understanding your numbers and understanding the back end part of your own business.
0: Yeah, that is like, honestly, that was just a great talk for everyone who is like stomping (laughs) around mad about whatever recently happened at Etsy. I want you to just take a minute, sit down and think about it and think about all the tools you use in your business and think of Etsy as a tool and how do you best use it to be successful in your business? That was great, Lauren. Thank you. So let's talk about some other things that are really common in our two you uh, know, our platforms that we help people with. And so we've been talking a lot, of course, in my inner circle about building community, building a big warm audience of people that will come down in your email funnel and event or your sales funnel and eventually be customers. We talk about that. We talk about using influencers all the time. So let's talk about. People who are already doing that and they're doing it for Shopify and they haven't really thought about how they could do that for Etsy. Can you share Mm -hmm. like just your take on how they can use that very same thing, that very same strategy with their Etsy shop too?
1: Yeah, I think that it's a really good idea to, I mean, in any kind of platform to have sort of an end result strategy that you're going for so that you're not just blindly, you know, spreading people (laughs) wherever. And so one of the ways that I like to do it with Etsy is that a lot of the, not all, but a lot of your placement in the search is through a sales history. So like sort of once it's, it ends up being a snowball effect. Once you have a product that sells well, it ranks higher in the search and it continues to sell well. And it just kind of goes from there. Which is a huge part of how my business runs now. Like, I don't do any marketing for my Etsy shop or anything. It's just sort of this self contained thing that runs by itself, which is amazing. One of the ways that you can utilize the different communities that you have, or like customer lists or email marketing or whatever, is particularly if you're launching a new product, although you could do it with any product, but to really target people onto your Etsy shop to sort of point them towards. This one particular thing that you've just launched or that you want to highlight, so that you build that search history or that sales history really quickly, which will signal to Etsy that you are converting people. If they're able to see this product, if they're able to find it, they will buy it. You know, people are interested in this thing, and you're bringing your warm audience in to buy this thing, and then showing the Etsy search that this is going to be a popular item. So that's going to help your search placement to then be boosted and to get more of that organic passive traffic from Etsy. So then it kind of becomes this system that can work together with a warm audience that you already have onto the Etsy platform. And of course, like if you have a Shopify shop, I don't know that I would do that forever with your things because you are going to be paying obviously Etsy fees on those sales but it's a way to sort of jumpstart something on Etsy and then build that sales history that can then be a self-propelled system.
0: So I think about that as, as a really solid part of an overall strategy because you control the selling price and you control your profit. So somebody who is, say, just at the cusp of like being able to maybe give up their full-time gig and uh, become a, or a full-time seller instead of a part-time seller, they could they could absolutely choose maybe their three top products, make sure they have a really good margin, and set a system like that up within a platform like Etsy, where they have some reliable revenue coming in. So they know that that revenue isn't going to cost them, it, it can scale without them having to dump a bunch of money into ads, and they have that revenue coming in to cover their expenses.
1: Yeah. Or like one way that I did it in my own shop is like, I have these monogrammed baby gifts that I do myself. I still do the monogramming. I've kind of gone back and forth with employees, but right now I'm doing all the monogramming. (laughs) So those are obviously decent profit margins, but also time consuming. But then I also have a collection of things that are print on demand designs that I can sit and watch TV and upload these designs to, you know, whatever print on demand company I'm using for that item. And it's a little more passive. So like when I, yeah, I hesitate to use the word passive because I really don't like that word, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit, it's a, it's a little yeah. easier to not have to be in my workshop programming. But so like when I direct people from my email list, I will direct them directly to those print on demand things. Because if I have, you know, 30 print on demand sales from an email that I send out, it's right. not going to take me the same amount of time. And the profit margins right. are just different because the time investment is different. So like, that's kind of how I do it. But unlike somewhere like Amazon, which is a little bit more in your business in terms of setting pricing and not allowing you to charge more on Amazon and that kind of stuff. Etsy's not, it's just a platform. It's, they don't have control over your business. So you could charge more on your Etsy yeah, shop to cover good. those fees. And, and, stuff. and
0: you could have a lower price and on your site and they could care less. Yeah. That's so good. Um, right. What I love about Etsy, I think, is having never been an Etsy seller, I don't know all the things. But what I do know is that people who are excited to sell product online and they, they might be a maker or they might have developed a product and actually invested in importing it to the U.S. What I know is that if they just set up a store and they don't understand how much traffic they need and how many eyeballs they need on that product, that they're often disappointed. And we talked about this, that they quit too soon because they don't realize how much exposure they need to really understand if the product is right, if the pricing is right, you know, if it's viable, like it's a viable, profitable product. And I think Etsy is a great place to get that proof of concept, to know that, yes, people do want this product. It's the right price. I can sell this. I can make money on it. And it's because Etsy brings you a way to get traffic that doesn't require a big ad spend.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I think that there is, and I'm sure you see this a lot, a misconception on the internet that like, I, I'm just going to build a website and people will come by myself. And it's, you know, and, and, and then you have the people who like, I mean, I've even had this with Etsy sellers. that will be like, I started my yeah. shop three weeks ago, <laughs> and I haven't had any sales and I'm about to quit. And I'm like, Oh, that's fast. That was a fast cycle from start to finish. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it it is like sort of a a fast track way to get that feedback from people and the feedback from the market itself. You know, your your mom can tell you all she wants, that she loves your product. (laughs) Um, And of course, she's going to. But, you know, until you really are able to get in front of a larger amount of people, it's going to be hard to really know. Um, I mean, there's always yeah. going to be a learning process, no matter where you start your business and no matter what products that you start with. So being able to sort of fast track that exposure to people so that you can see, you know, is this converting? Are people wanting, yeah. well, I mean, everybody always wants a lower price, but like, is the yeah. market supporting the price sure. point and, and all of those things is important feedback to give.
0: When you're talking to your Etsy sellers, it- Etsy merchants, and even with your own business, what are your best tips on building community within Etsy?
1: I think, again, like part of it is to not think about building community within Etsy, but to think about it as building community surrounding your products. So I think a lot of people at this point use Instagram for that. It seems to be the best platform, in my opinion, in terms of like, Organic reach with people, although obviously any kind of social media is going to have limitations on organic reach. Although, I guess some people would argue like TikTok, it depends on where your customer base is, you know, like who your age range is and the demographic and where they hang out. But wherever that is, be able to build that community with people in terms of your product and you as a small business owner and sort of just the whole vibe of your company and to think of it as a company. I think is really important. And what I always tell people with with Etsy and and sort of the idea that you're competing with like a big box store or something is that like you have something that they don't offer. Like if I, you know, somebody could go to Pottery Barn and ordered a monogrammed blanket any day of the week, they're always probably going to beat me in price. Although maybe not because Pottery Barn's overpriced, but <laughs> you know, like there's, there's always going to be that Um, conglomerate that's selling something, but you're not necessarily competing with that brand for those products. Like you are offering something different. And I think that COVID and all of the things that have happened in the last 18 months have really brought people into the small business world. And the idea of supporting small business owners in a different way than, than you're supporting those, you know, billion dollar corporations.
0: So really what you're, I think what I'm hearing from you is, and we don't really have, of course, too many people that would be in our world that are exclusively Etsy sellers. But what you're saying is the strategy is the same. That you really can't uh, expect to maximize your results if you just throw (laughs) some listings up on Etsy and then don't do all the other things that build a, a real business.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that you can have an Etsy shop that you don't really, you know, for for a very long time, like I didn't really do any social media marketing and it just kind of did its own thing. But I think that as Etsy became a publicly traded company, which did kind of change some things about the platform, I think it has become more important to look at it as a a strategic part of your business, but not the business in and of itself is not Etsy. So, you know, I think that, that there are ways to utilize the platform, especially early on in your business building days, like really, really digging down deep into the SEO of Etsy to make sure that you're taking advantage of the traffic that's coming on the platform. Because I mean, if you're not, if you're not taking advantage of that traffic, there's really no reason to be on the platform (laughs) because that is the benefit of having a platform. So, you know, I think it's really important to make sure that you have, Harness the power of that search as much as you possibly can. But then I think that it is also important to have sort of a presence on the internet outside of that as well.
0: And talk about, like, exactly what you said, not my Etsy shop, talk right. about my business name.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't want to say, you know, I'm Lauren Keplinger. I'm an Etsy shop owner. Here's my Etsy link to buy my Etsy products. Like that's, I am not Etsy. And Etsy doesn't have any loyalty to me. And I understand that and I'm okay with that. (laughs) So like, I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and my business and really, you know utilizing the advantages that they have which again, I think are huge but also understanding the limitations there and being okay with that as, as just what it is.
0: Yeah. It's a shopping cart. It allows you to list your products and get traffic
1: if you follow the
0: rules. Right.
1: And it's very easy to set up the barriers to entry to get started are like almost non-existent, you know? And, and so that like, whereas it can be a little bit harder to certainly to get the traffic to a Shopify store, but even to like make your Shopify store look professional and stuff, some of that, you know, those barriers to entry are easier on Etsy. So it's easier for that for that purpose. But I think that just having that mindset shift of, which is probably not as big of a problem for your listeners as it is for some of mine who are like really, really married to Etsy to, you know, to think outside of just being an Etsy shop owner and to think about this is, you know, when people ask me what I do, I have a small business. I sell monogrammed baby gifts online. That's what I say. Like, I I am a small business owner and I sell monograms, baby gifts.
0: So good. I think that that was actually just the most valuable thing that everybody that is in my audience needs to hear. Because what I see really is they think about them like two different businesses. And that brings me to the other thing that I heard you say on your podcast one day was you talked a little bit about influencers. And in my mind, I, I had never even heard anyone say or even thought of myself that you could actually work with influencers with Etsy shops too, not just with your, your uh, e-commerce site. And what I love about what you said is you could absolutely be strategic about when you work with an influencer. And if you want to get a product out there in the Etsy algorithm, mm-hmm. you could that would be a great opportunity to uh, send somebody to your Etsy store and benefit from that from a revenue standpoint without thinking that you are cheating yourself on your Shopify store. Right. And again, I think
1: it's like a piece of an overall strategy. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and certainly like people have to do their own testing on how it works, if it works for them and if they're, I actually do see at times better conversion rates with directing people to the Etsy platform because a lot of buyers have confidence in Etsy wow. um, that they may not have just in your own website for yeah. like, you know, I think it's misguided, it's but familiar. it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Familiar. And so sort of that feeling of having to be exposed to things over and over again. Well, Etsy sort of like jump starts that from you because they've been exposed to Etsy over and over again, even if not your particular products. But with the influencer stuff, you know, it's similar to like what we just talked about with your own warm audience, like directing people strategically to high revenue or high uh, profit margin items that can support it. You know, you don't want to be working your lowest profit margin items with influencers um, ever, regardless if it's on Etsy right. or not. <laughs> but then building up that search history, like your ultimate goal with an Etsy shop really should not be at the end of the day, to be driving your own marketing to Etsy at the, you know, your ultimate goal with Etsy should be to have enough sales history and a high enough placement in the search that it's self-sustaining. And then you can focus your own like active marketing efforts on your own shop. But in the interim time, as you're building that sales history and stuff, some of those active marketing techniques can be used for that yeah. platform to help build that sales history.
0: And so what you teach in your course is how to achieve that goal.
1: Really, it's really building that organic traffic from Etsy, because I think that it built, like being able to harness that search engine power with Etsy is such a powerful tool. I mean, they're going to be able to attract the kinds of traffic that you won't ever be able to with your own website. Couldn't afford. Yeah, I mean it's just you know it's just a different a different level of, of a company's you know google placement yeah. and all that kind of stuff but to be able to do that and then have your etsy be a self-sustaining mechanism within your business that b- drives this revenue for your business that then you can reinvest in other things and you know at this point In my business, like my Etsy shop is profitable enough that I can play around with things like Facebook ads or Google ads or Pinterest ads or whatever you're doing that's spending money without feeling like I have no profits and I'm just like draining all of the revenue from the business.
0: Like you're uh, on a hamster wheel. Yes. You feel like you actually have the, you've you've put yourself in a position where you have the time and funds.
1: Right. And just having that strategy, being able to work through that to say like, this is my goal with the Etsy portion of my business so that now I can move on to a strategic path with the other part of my business. But like, I don't really have to worry about this Etsy piece. It's just kind of yeah. like there in the background. Love that. I, lo- I think
0: that's super valuable. I think that it's going to allow a lot of our merchants to give themselves permission to not, not divorce Etsy, but disassociate the emotional part, like yeah. that piece. Understand it's a tool just like everything else is a tool and get it to that place where it's okay. You don't have to feel bad that some of your sales are still on Etsy. In fact, you could celebrate that and, and think about what it makes possible for you rather
1: than. To be able to scale your revenue in that way with this additional platform that doesn't require the advertising money and the hosting money and all of that kind of stuff is like, is a really powerful tool that you can take advantage of. Hey, listen, thank you so much. Thank for you for showing
0: me. that. yeah, yeah I'm, I''m I'm glad I got an opportunity to meet you. and we talked a little bit about you have a a little checklist that our our listeners could grab over on the show notes. And what it tell me what that's all about?
1: Yeah, it's an Etsy SEO checklist, so it's sort of working through the things to think about as you you are optimizing your listings and the SEO within your listing specifically for Etsy. Oh,
0: perfect. Okay. And if people want to uh, hear more from you, follow you, where should they go?
1: Find my podcast is Crickets to Chichings And Graham, I'm Lauren.keplinger. So listen, guys, you're going to like Lauren.
0: Like <laughs> I honestly, I've listened to several of the episodes. And in one of the episodes, I mean, you had me at know your numbers, for sure. But in one of the episodes you shared that you were recording from your closet. I'm <laughs> like, yes,
1: <laughs> that's my kind of girl. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's funny. Podcasting is funny because you're just like, you know, I have people in real life that will come up to me and be like, I listen to your podcast. And I'm like, really? I feel like I'm just like talking to myself. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. (laughs) In your closet. Right. So listen, thank you so, so much.
0: I can't wait to get to know you better. And guys go, uh, anyone who's selling on Etsy, Go download the checklist. I want you to come back into the, our group, uh, either join us in the roadmap to 50k or in the inner circle group, and let me know how this helped you change your uh, your mindset around Etsy and what you're going to do moving forward. Because I think it's super smart, Lauren. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you have a lovely day after you've had this uh, chaotic start with me. <laughs>
1: It's great. Thank you for having me. We'll see you soon. Okay, guys, go
0: download the checklist and we'll see you next week. Hey, listen, if you like what we're working on here at The Roadmap to 50K and it's helping you get clarity on your next steps, I think you really have to check out our inner circle. You know, it is just an amazing place to learn how to build your business the right way And you get to do it with a wonderful group of store owners that support each other and will cheer you on. You know, in the inner circle, our only purpose is to help our members get results. And because of that, we actually have dedicated coaches that are fully trained and available to work one-on-one with you. And we offer that to our members at crazy affordable prices, because I know that sometimes you just need a little extra help to get past a roadblock so that you can move on and make progress again. So if this sounds good to you, I want you to head on over to the social forward slash inner dash circle and get on the wait list. We will send you a lesson so that you can see what's waiting for you on the inside. And we'll also invite you to join us the next time we are open to take new members. So listen, friends, that's all. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and I will see you next week.